We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. As I look at Andrew in the Zoom box above me, looking around his recording studio. like Is it thundering ghost. in Brooklyn right now? Yes. Okay. Did I you hear got, that? Yes. Well, I got it in mind, too. It's a passive FaceTime. <laughs> li- live podcasting, yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, anyway. I don't know what did a train just go down? Maybe that's what like, I just tweeted out that either he went to another team or <laughs> the Knicks just sold the farm for Donovan Mitchell. And it's going to cause a reaction that this fan base is not going to be happy with. Speaking of Donovan Mitchell, what else would we be talking about today? Um, but the current state of affairs, uh, we got on Spence Checkets, who covers the jazz for uh, the local radio station ESPN 700 uh, in Utah. We continue to get really good insight from people who are, you know, on the ground, so to speak, as far as the situation is concerned. He gave some some good good tidbits, gave some a prediction, gave some his own personal thoughts about where this thing ends up. Um, also, if you recognize the name, is because uh, Spence Jackets is the son of Dave Jackets, who uh, was a pretty important figure in uh, Nick's history in the late ninety in the nineties, late nineties. Uh, and we we asked him uh, just a, a wee bit about that at the end, but we'll we'll have him on so at some later time to speak more about that. In any case, uh, one other quick note, like, uh, and we got into this a little bit on this show. Uh, 
you know, obviously we're not going to be doing Donovan Mitchell like trade wondering content all summer long. At some point we will, you know, move on if the trade doesn't get done. But it, it my own two cents, and I think me and Andrew are on the same page about this, it is still it's still relevant right now. It still feels like this is we're not we have not yet moved on to eh, it's not gonna happen until trading camp. So for that reason, for the last episode this week, we did want to cover this a little bit more. And then um, you know, we'll we'll play it by ear going forward. Uh I think that's it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Spence Checkers. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, uh, first time guest. Very, very uh, happy to have him on. You could hear him if you are in the, uh, I believe, the Salt Lake City area uh, doing doing drive time on ESPN 700, uh, two to six mountain time. Make sure you got that right. It's two to six mountain time. We don't, we don't have a whole lot of mountain time guests on here, but pleased to be joined by one now. He also hosted the Reality Check Pod. Uh, Spence Checkets, how you doing, man? I'm good. And if you have the internet, you can listen to me wherever, guys. So you don't <laughs> have to be in your car in Salt Lake City, Utah. We have an app. You know, it is 2022, gentlemen. You don't just have to turn it to 700 a.m. So you are talking to the least technologically proficient person on the face of the earth? I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Well, that's okay. That, so we have more. We have a few things in common here. Indeed, yes. Um, obviously, we're, we're bringing you on to talk about the Jazz's new Italian signing, Simone Fontecchio, who would you know? Yes. I'm kidding. Or uh, 6'8. Yes, love it. Seems like an interesting prospect, right? Oh, I guess. I just get a kick out of all these people that are like, yeah, I've totally been watching him for years. And you're like, no, you haven't. Don't lie. <laughs> you know, like I read Gavoni's stuff too. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I don't know much about him. As a as a proud Italian, it's nice to get another another Italian in the in the NBA. Um so it is, as I speak to you right now, uh, 1.35 Eastern time on uh, Thursday, July 21st. And um, Donovan Mitchell is, is still a member of the Utah Jazz. I'm going to start just by asking you when the f- stuff first came out, if someone had asked you then, I guess about a week and a half ago, is Donovan Mitchell going to be a member of the jazz in 10 days. What, what do you think your initial reaction would have been? You know, I, I, I don't know that I would have been surprised either way, but from my vantage point, um, I thought they were looking to move on from Donovan a lot earlier than most. The Adrian Wojnarowski report uh, is something that I've been talking about on my show, quite frankly, since about April. Oh, wow. Okay. When they lost in the playoffs. I mean, look, you guys know what it's like. You see a team hit a ceiling. It's pretty obvious. Um, all of the indications, you know, I worked for the jazz for about eight years. And so I have good relationships over there and all the indications uh, seem to point to them moving on from Gobert. And the walking line was, well, we're going to build around Donovan Mitchell. That's what most people thought. The only conduit they had to bringing in decent pieces around Donovan immediately was Rudy. So when they traded Rudy and the package was four first round picks, some young pieces, none of whom I think are ready to step in and make a tangible difference right away. The logical conclusion was Donovan's probably going to be next. Um, but now it feels like we're in a little bit of a staring match, a little bit yep. of a stalemate. And Danny's asking for the world because that's what Danny does. And uh, I'm sure Leon's going to try to find a middle ground. I do think, by the way, I think the deal is going to be done. And I think it's going to be done before the season. But I'm not sure if it'll be done before training camp. You know, we'll have to wait. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so I want to go back for a second just before we get to where things stand now, because I'm I'm so fascinated by the situation, because usually when, as you just referenced, like a, a team runs its course and, and things start to unfold, um, 
there's usually one thing that comes out, whether it's a player requesting a trade or something like there was, it, it did not seem as if from afar, at least there was one instigating event other than I, it, was it Ainge's hiring and the fact that he's kind of done a teardown before mm-hmm. and he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. Like from your vantage point, was there a place this went wrong or was it just kind of a, a, a circumstance of a bunch of things? You know, it's a really good question. And I would take you all the way back to COVID actually. Um, oh, okay. So COVID changed this team. You know, they, um, they, they, Dennis Lindsay stockpiled a bunch of assets like Leon has with New York right now. He went all in by utilizing those assets, draft picks and cap space to acquire Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley to surround Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles and some of the other pieces they had. And they were really good, really good. Then COVID hit. And what happened was, you guys remember, Gobert became patient zero. Mm-hmm. And then Donovan tested positive the next day. And Donovan very much blamed Rudy for giving him COVID. And those two were never close. But that was kind of the beginning of the end of any sort of decency between the two. Mm-hmm. And COVID changed the dynamic of the locker room. They went to the bubble. Uh, they came within a Mike Conley three-point shot of beating Denver, but ultimately couldn't do that. Remember, they were up 3-1. People... Mm-hmm. Talk about the Clippers blowing the Clippers 3-1 lead. They blew it against Denver the year before. And then after that, there were all these like passive aggressive insults during media availability. Then behind the scenes, the word was guys just weren't liking each other. And then a couple of other things went down. Joe Ingles first got old and he wasn't <laughs> near as effective as a player that he was prior to. Then he got hurt. Then he got traded. And Joe was kind of the uh, voice in the locker room that was an extension of Quinn Snyder. Essentially, he could tell Donovan, like, look, act right, man. Like, let's all get along. Let's all get along. Uh, we're, in, we're in this to win basketball games. Put so that was necessary. He, someone yeah. needed to. Oh yes. Okay. oh, yes. Very much so. And then the other kind of under the radar thing that went down, and you're going to chuckle at this because I may get the talent guy and figure it out, which is why when people say, like, Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell are both small. Okay. They're both small. They're both awesome. Get them both and figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's my camp. Um, But George Niang, who isn't necessarily the most talented basketball player on the face of the earth, when they let him walk, it actually, it cost them another locker room connector, a guy who was friends with everybody. Really? Yeah. And they started, these clicks in the locker room started to become pretty strong and the chemistry just wasn't there anymore. And so then... You lose to the Clippers after being up 3-1, and they didn't have Kawhi. Terrence Mann goes for 25 in the fourth. Ridiculous. You come back the next year, you run it back. It's kind of the same thing. They win a lot of regular season games. But about January of this year is when things went from pretty bad to, like, unsalvageable, I guess is the term we'll use. And they went 21-23 and over their final 44 games. So there was, like, a half a season of mediocre basketball. And the stuff in the locker room just got worse. They couldn't beat Dallas without Luka. They lose to Dallas in the first round. Quinn Snyder. So when Quinn left, that's when I went, all right, they're going to tear this thing down. You knew it then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I've been able to get to know Quinn pretty well. And I talked to him about some of the difficulties that uh, the, the group was having, getting along and listening to his voice, as he would put it. And then as you referenced, Danny Ainge takes the job. And you guys, you guys will get a kick out of this. The first thing Danny said in his introductory press conference is he said, you should all know I remove emotion from decision-making. Okay. So if, if that guy's going to trade Paul Pierce from Boston, he'll trade Donovan out of Salt Lake City. So it was kind of a slow crawl to see the house of cards fall the way it has now. There really wasn't one or two things. It was a, it was a long game scenario. 
and yet you mentioned that Clippers series and obviously you would know better than me because I, I, I was, I watched the series, but I don't remember it like yesterday. Um, I still wonder if Mike had, if Mike Connolly had been healthy and Donovan was also, you know, not a hundred percent. Um, like would things have gone differently, which we don't need to go back and revisit that history. What I am curious about though, as someone who's watched, you know, every, every game of Donovan's career in New York right now, the conversation is, well, he's not worth that sort like, again, we don't know what the package is going to be, but the, the, the ask that Danny initially made, right. Yeah. yeah. The, the consensus is that he's not worth that. Right. And like, I go and I look and he, other than the, like the playmaking, which, you, you know, kind of, stagnated a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses in his offensive game. In your just personal opinion, yeah. do you think there is a world where he is maybe not, if not the best player on a championship team, like the leading scorer, kind of the engine, maybe he has mm-hmm. another interesting piece next to him who could do some other, like fill in some other gaps. Like where do you see him as a player? Yeah. The, the biggest thing, and this is not a criticism on who he is as a player. It's just a reality of how God made him. He's six one. You know, yeah. right. And so the last team that had their best players, a six one lead guard to win a championship was Detroit in the late eighties with Zeke. Right. Yeah. A long time ago. Uh, he's not the best player on a championship team, but he can be a piece. Certainly, um, you know, next to some like as far as is he worth what Danny's asking for? Michael Jeffrey Jordan isn't worth what Danny's asking for. You know, so so let's let's be very clear. <laughs> And, and, you know, I still have uh, really good connections back east. And I, I talk to people about where the Knicks head uh, is at. And, you know, I do feel like Leon had this long game in mind, being Donovan's former agent and having the CAA tie that he thought he could probably and still probably thinks he can get this family together and do something special. But if I'm New York, I'm, I'm actually OK with, you know, appeasing the draft capital piece of this. But I don't want to give up my depth and my bench. I'm, you know, I'm you know, so happy you said that. Keep going, yeah. but I, I want to yeah, get back and, to that. You yeah. know, the debate around the league right now is, well, how valuable are these future first-round picks? The answer is nobody knows. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think Leon and his group have done a really good job of building this thing the right way for the first time in a long time consistently. And so if you want to trade four first-round picks and maybe a couple of pick swaps and salary fillers like Fournier and Rose or whatever, that's fine. But to give up guys like Grimes and Quickly and McBride, like to give up all your depth in exchange for a really good piece and all that draft capital, it feels like a lot. Um, even though Donovan's really good at the age of 25 and he could give you a decade of really special basketball back then. I, I'm so happy you went there because to me, it, it's not just to, 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 to look at the ask in a vacuum is, is useless. There's, there's three segments for me here. It is, what is it going to leave you with in the short term, like immediately? Uh, right. Which is probably the least important of the, of the three. And then the other two for me is, will you have enough left to make the next trade? Because as you and every major media person says, Donovan is not going to be the guy. Even if maybe, right. you know, maybe he's the leading scorer. He's, you need a, a, another star legitimate yeah. star alongside him and then you know the 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 last piece of this is you want to guard against well what if the worst happens what if it's the net celtics trade aftermath or around here um you know what happened a few years after the mellow trade i i'm not sure that they're leon and his group are too worried about that i have to think that they have confidence they're going to be able to continue to do things the right way but the other two pieces actually i think are the most important which is why do you, uh, my question to you is, do you think Danny Ainge is just willing to make the bet that the Knicks are going to stink in four, five, six, 
seven years. And he feels like if he could get those, whether it's 25, 27, 29, maybe with a swap in there too, unprotected. Is that what he's really after here? Cause it's I've, I've thought from the beginning, that's what he's really after. Yeah, I do think that's what he's after. And I think the Minnesota package that he received for Gobert is a good baseline here. And also understanding the way Danny was able to break down a couple of teams and build them back up historically uh, in Boston is also something to look at. I mean, you know, the reason why there's a lot of anxiety around the league to give up unprotected picks is we do have recent precedents of two unprotected picks winning the lottery. One was Kyrie in Cleveland. And the other <laughs> that was Markel Folks. that ultimately was Jason Tatum. The Baron Davis, uh, man. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Right, Baron right, Davis. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so that's why there's this trepidation. But, I mean, look, you guys know I'm a child of the New York Knicks. My heart is still there. Like, I, I want them so badly to go back to what it was like in the 90s when I was around. So I don't mean this to sound harsh, but betting on the Knicks to screw it up is not a bad bet. You guys have recent precedent. We'll show you. You know what I mean? Now, I do think, like I said, Leon's done a pretty good job of building this thing up in a different way where I feel like they're in a good spot. But if I was running a team and I had a chance to get some future unprotected picks from a team that was owned by Jim, Jim Dolan, I'm probably going to take that bet. Due respect, you know, that at some point there may be a misstep in that, you know, the pick that all of us as Nick fans have been waiting to win the lottery since Pat in 85, you know, maybe that belongs to the Jazz. So, Yes, I do believe the draft capital and the unprotected New York picks are what's motivating Danny in his ask, as opposed to some of the younger pieces or maybe the Washington pick or the Dallas pick or what have you. I think he wants unprotected draft capital. Yeah. And, you know, and the reason and so I should reference, you did an interview recently where you you called this trade. You thought, in your opinion, this trade was inevitable between the Jazz and the Knicks. And I'm I'm kind of there with you because of. The fact that Danny, I think, wants the Knicks picks more than he certainly more than he wants Miami's picks and probably more than he wants just about anybody else's future picks. Um, And like, look, again, and I've gotten into some trouble with some fans by saying this because it is what the national media is saying. And I don't come at it from the same perspective as them. I want to be very clear about that. But like the Knicks do need Donovan Mitchell, maybe not need in the sense that like they would not, you know, everybody's going to get fired tomorrow if they don't get him. But this is what they have been building up for. So I feel like when you have that situation, it's just a matter of negotiation. And I guess what I'm wondering now is, you know, Ainge doesn't seem like a guy who who's going to budge a whole lot. Right. Do do you, who's, who's court. Do you think the ball is in right now? Do you think it's in Danny's court to back off a little bit? Do you think it's in New York's court? Do you think it's in some other teams? Like where, where do you place it right now? So I, I think Danny's very content to wait. I think this is a scenario where if Leon wants him, he has to go get him. And I think Danny's okay even going into season with Donovan on the roster. I don't think that's going to happen because I think at this point, you know, my, and I've been able to get to know Donovan a little bit, you know, working over the jazz at the flagship. I was the first person to interview him here locally uh, before he moved into his mansion up on the Hills. He lived in an apartment downtown close to where I lived. And so we did a few events together, uh, some body armor events. And he, he's a good kid, but I get the feeling that he's ready to, to move on. I get the feeling that he's ready to come home. And look, he will come home when he has the opportunity to, which is the other thing everyone around here kind of knows. Uh, he's got that player opt out in three years. Yep. But now that they look, Donovan always says, when you ask him, what, what do you want? He says, I want to win. It's all, it's, I want to win. Um, they just moved on from a player that makes you a top five defense instantly by himself. Uh, and even if Donovan doesn't like Rudy, they're not better now than they were to start the offseason. There's no path to them getting better in the interim. 
they traded Donovan's best friend, Royce O'Neal, for a first-round pick. They let his other best friend, Eric Pascal walk. Um, Trent Forrest, another player he was close, close with. And I like Trent. They let him walk, too. Like, FSU, uh, Trent yes, Forrest. Good, yes, good little yes, player. I like him. Yeah. yeah, tough kid. Plays some force, can really guard. But yep. all of the tea leaves indicate that this move is going to get done. Um, but I do think Danny's fine being stubborn a little bit until Leon's a little bit closer to his ask. But like I said, if I'm Leon Rose, I, I'll meet some of your draft capital, but you're not stealing all of my good young players in my bench. I need my depth because we're trying to be good and you're not. Let's remember that. So if it's Evan <laughs> Fournier and Derek Rose, fine, salary fillers or whatever. And maybe we give you quickly or one of our young pieces. But to ask for, I mean, I don't know if he really asked for six or seven picks. I'm not questioning the reporting of my peers to do a really good job. That would be historical in the history of this league with that all for a player who's really, really good, but he's not LeBron. He's not Kawhi. He's not Durant. He's probably a top 20 guy, right? That's yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot to ask for, for a guy that's, that's about top 20 ish, even though he's 25 and really, really good. And I think he would fit in really well in New York. So whose ball, you know, Whose court is the ball in? I think it's in Leon's to go get it done. I think it's to go make him an offer that he can't refuse. And then Danny might have to back off a little bit, but that's not Danny's MO. You know, that's not how he rolls. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My, I'm going to put you on the spot, but I will put myself on the spot too. My, if you're asking me right now what the final package is going to be, personally, I would be, I'd be, I shouldn't say shocked. I'd be very surprised if it was anything less than three 
first round pick, three of New York's yeah, yeah. first round picks. Yeah. And as I say that, I wonder maybe is there wiggle room if like maybe it's two firsts and like unprotected, completely unprotected and yeah. three swaps completely unprotected. And then yeah. you fill in the gaps with, you know, with whatever the Detroit pick or the Wizards pick or this and that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, a, a Deuce McBride or something. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to three, three of New York's firsts, maybe one with very light protections and then like a swap. And mm-hmm. then but then New York gets to keep the three kids that it wants Grimes uh, quickly and Obi. Do you think I'm a little light or do you, where, where, where do you come in? I think that's probably a little light for what Danny would ex- accept. Now, if I, if you're talking to me, GM, of the Dallas, <laughs> then you, can and you I replace have- Danny, please. Oh, Maybe yeah. we can oh, send him on vacation. Calls. I'll make a few calls. I'm not sure that would happen. If you're, <laughs> if you're talking to me as the GM of the jazz, then I think you and I are a little bit closer, but Danny, I, I don't know that that would fit the bill for him. I, I think he's motivated to get at least what he got for Rudy, which is four. First round mm-hmm. picks. And then you could say five because they got Walker Kessler this year, who was a first round pick too. I, I think that's close, but let me ask you. So those are the three young players that Nick fans are like, don't touch our guys. It's those three. Yeah. And there's, you, you talk to a different Nick fan, you get a different answer as to yeah. which of those three, because I think in the immediate future, you look at the team, the theoretical team with Donovan Mitchell and with Jalen Brunson, especially Quentin Grimes, feels like the most indispensable because he's the best wing defender they have arguably right now, even better yeah. than RJ Barrett. I would, I personally would say by a, a little bit and he's the, he's the best knockdown shooter they have, especially right. if they get send Fournier out, it, which it yeah. sounds they probably will for salary purposes, you know, and then quickly the front office loves quickly. Everybody loves quickly. It's, it's impossible not to love Emmanuel right, quickly. Right, right. And then there's Obi who is in, in terms of like capturing the fans sure. love and adoration. Sure. I think he's in a class by himself. So, but yeah. those are the three. Yeah, I think it, I think they're probably gonna have to throw one of those three in. And I I love all three of them too. Uh, I Who love you want? Grimes. Grimes. Grimes is Grimes. the one. I want. Yeah, because the I mean, I, I say that, then I realize like they're not trying to win, you know. So you don't want to put Grimes in a spot that it stunts its growth. But this is a team that needs perimeter defense, toughness, something something that Grimes brings. Um, and I, I don't know how they. I was told yesterday by. Andy Larson, who covers the Jazz for the Solid. We had him on last week. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The, the Jazz front office really likes Grimes. Yeah. So maybe it's like a three unprotected Detroit's first Grimes and salary fillers, something like that. You know, one of the three young players, not all three of them, like all of these trade scenarios. Going, like, I'm just chuckling every time I see it. Like, Donovan's really good, but you do not sell the farm for a top 20-ish type guy who's 6'1". And by the way, up to this point in his career has shown a – uh, lack of motivation to guard, I guess, is how I'll put that. That's very you know polite. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot to give up for a guy that's got a lot of growth to do. And can he do it? I think so. He's a good kid. He's only 25. But there's there's a lot of growth that needs to happen for him to be able to go to that market, handle the pressure, and deliver what Nick fans want. Um, so you said you, you think it might actually go into camp. I, man... That would be a, that would make for a long summer over here. Yeah, I don't well, know about you. Uh, but here's the problem. I mean, right now, and you guys know this, like all of these executives are like on vacation and they have cell phones. They can communicate. But honestly, and this is a lot of my experience. You know, I went to Vegas Summer League for about eight straight years. I don't go anymore because my show obviously is not just NBA centric. Can I swear on this podcast or no? You can up and down. Yes. Okay. Well, I was just going to say shit gets done in Vegas every year. You know, like all of these decision makers are in the same place. And I said on my show, I said, if they get back from Vegas and go on vacation without a deal, 
we might have to wait for another five or six weeks. Now, camp is in what, about two months? I think camp usually opens around September 30th. Okay, whereabouts. So, yeah. You know, we, we, we've got a, we've got a long time ahead of us until camp, but I thought something would get done in Vegas. And now like Ryan Smith just took Dwayne Wade, Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck. I think they're in Lake Tahoe golfing and on a boat or whatever. And all these guys are on vacation for a minute, you know? And I mean, really what difference would it make if the Knicks made the trade, Knicks jazz made the trade tomorrow as opposed to five or six, it would make a difference for us because we're all thirsty, right? We want it to happen, yeah. refreshing our phones and waiting for it. But this could carry out throughout the course of the summer until these guys are a little bit more motivated, unless Leon has this matrix moment where, you know, everything flips and he is willing to meet Danny's demands. Uh, two more super quick ones. Uh, just yes or no, do you think a third team ends up getting involved? I mean, there's been the Russ rumors is like a you know Utah being a salary dump place for him and something. Yeah, you think that happens? Not if it's Jazz Knicks. I think if it, see one of the reasons I keep talking about Jazz Knicks is well two reasons. Donovan wants it. Donovan wants to go home. He wants to head back to New York. And the Knicks have the package that makes the most sense. The Jazz they don't need a third team. They, there's a deal to be made between those two. Now if Brooklyn wants to get involved because they want Donovan to replace. Durant, then we could see a three-team scenario. But, you know, the DeAndre Ayton offer sheet changed that a little bit because Phoenix was the logical third team between Brooklyn and Utah, and now they're not. So, no, I, I, I really believe that the deal is New York, Utah, and it's Donovan, maybe Rudy Gay as a, you know, another salary filler. Yep. Fournier, Rose, I'm going to say Grimes. Sorry, I know you don't. No, that's fine. Listen. Let, Let's say four first round picks, three New York, and then Detroit. So I think that's the framework of a deal I think we're looking at. And then finally, before I let you go, um, I would be remiss to not ask the son of Dave Check. It's at least one question. Yeah. Um, give me, give me something, give me one memory, something that stands oh, out man. from that time. You know, it's funny. Did you read Blood in the Garden? Did you read Chris's book? I, I talked to him about it for two hours. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> yeah. Chris reached out to me when he was early in the process a few years ago and, you know, I was able to connect him to Jeff Van Gundy, my father, and a bunch of people that he interviewed for the book. One memory, holy smell. Oh, you'll get a kick out of this one. Um, I was home from college. I went to the university of Utah, stayed out here in Salt Lake. I was home visiting from college and I woke up one morning uh, in my boxers, came downstairs as like any 18 or 19 year old would do to grab some cold cereal. And I turned to my right and I remember thinking, I was like, that's fucking Phil Jackson. Like, the fuck is Phil Jackson doing? <laughs> it was when my father interviewed Phil when Jeff was coaching the team. He came to the house. My mom had cut some fresh fruit up to serve to Phil Jackson. And I, I pulled one of these. I was like, gave him a wave, went back upstairs. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, the story breaks that my father had talked to Mike Wise got it from the New York Times. And like, oh, that's what Phil Jackson was doing at the house early. Wasn't in the just there for cereal and fresh fruit. Wasn't there for a breakfast. He was there to have a conversation. <laughs> I could do this all day, man. Those are those Nick 90s teams, man. That I still to this day just I, love those teams. I tell you what, maybe um, we'll, we'll bookmark a, a later time for you to come on just to, uh, yeah, for, for maybe during the summertime, uh, you can come on and, and share some more stuff. Maybe, maybe after a trade happens. Who knows? Um, Not, man. We'll see. Uh, this was absolutely fantastic. I know we said it at the beginning, but could you just uh, remind our listeners one more time where they could uh, find you, hear you, and all that stuff? 
Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I don't use social all that much, but just my name at Spence Checkets. Uh, my show is two to six Mountain Time, four to eight Eastern Time. We had a soul on this week. We're gonna have Alan Hahn this week. I actually do talk Nick basketball. I talk a lot of NBA. You can go to ESPN700Sports.com or we podcast the show. It's called The Drive with Spence Checkets. We're up free available on any catcher platform. So yeah, check it out. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Awesome stuff. I cannot thank you enough for coming on, uh, shedding some light on the situation. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens from here, right? All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and Spence. He is awesome. Uh, you could tell that uh, he does this for a living. It's always nice to speak to someone who is very good uh, at this stuff. Anyway, uh, don't forget, if you dig the show, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. And if you uh, really like it, leave us a five-star review or five-star rating and, and a nice review. Uh, I think that's it. Did I forget anything, Andrew? Yes. No, not that I could, not that I could think of there okay. may be other topics that you want us to talk about that we're just not touching. So enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hopefully it includes the Donovan Mitchell trade. I, I just, I just had a kid come down with it and she's fine. So I could say this with some kind of like weird bacterial infection resulting in these like blotchy things on her face that mm -hmm. for about two hours yesterday morning, I was like, Oh my God, what is going on with my kid? I am not in the headspace to deal with that conversation. That, that's yes. That right now. So I'm just going to say, uh, if you want to hear a discussion on that, just log on to twitter.com and you could at uh, Andrew uh, J. Uh, <laughs> no, Andrew J. Claudio underscore. I will. I will be the meat shield if you have an opinion, a dissenting opinion about. Yeah, feel free, feel free to get that out there. Okay, yes. uh, that's it for today. Uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon.